Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. And what is a more patriotic movie to review on this 4th of July week than Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Could have reviewed like Maverick. Maverick probably would have been more patriotic. Look, Indiana Jones is a part of this country's culture. Um, It's against Nazis. So, of course, I mean, come on. If you're America, what else could you be against? Um, For the record, we are also against Nazis here at Within the Lines. hate Nazis. Can't stand them. Um, But I don't know. Indiana Jones, it's such a big culture, you know significance and they keep churning these movies out 15 years after the fourth one that no one asks for they made a fifth one that 15 oh my god that maybe no one has asked for so i'm excited to talk about it i'm someone who has only seen one indiana jones movie once and it was the fourth one with mr shia labeouf (laughs) um and i don't remember it because i watched it on the way to universal studios okay so i'm fresh you know, I know I know the Indiana Jones franchise. They're trying to get new fans for all the movies they're going to make after this. So I am the target audience. I love that. Let's get to the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. I don't feel so good. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Indiana Jones has lived a life full of adventure, but when the daughter of an old colleague reaches out to him with a chance to find one last piece of history, Indy must once again fight off Nazis in order to get to the artifact before they do. Nazis, baby. Indiana Jones versus Nazis, a tale as old as time. Now, you mentioned in the break that this film franchise started in 1981 with the release of Raiders of the Lost Ark which I believe was the original name, and then they changed it to Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know. There's like four different things. Every site has a different name. I don't know what the original name was. I wasn't born in 1981. What I can tell you, Ty, 42 years since the first movie, correct? Correct. That is the exact same amount of time between the first movie and the start of World War II. Oh, wow. How does that make you feel? I mean, it's still a long time. So. <laughs> that is how long this film franchise has been. Is that math right? 19, Am I bad at math? 1939 is when World War II started, September 1st. Maybe that's why they waited so long. Maybe they're like, you know what? 42 years after we started fighting Nazis, I still want to be fighting Nazis 42 years from now. <laughs> well, the movie takes place in 1969, I believe it was. I saw a document that had that year on it. So. That sounds right. With 60 cars and stuff all over the place. I wasn't familiar with the Indiana Jones franchise, like I said. Um, I thought they were going to go to like modern day after showing Indiana Jones in World War II fighting the Nazis. I was like, okay, this is going to be so unrealistic. He's going to be like 100 years old. Yeah. Which, I mean, Harrison Ford pretty much is almost 100 years old. So actually, would it have been that unrealistic? I don't know. He's very close to it. He is currently 80 years old, probably 79 at the time of filming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's probably about 79 in this film. Harrison Ford, born right during the heart of World War II, 1942, right in the middle Shit. of it. So he grew up with people fighting Nazis, and he said, when, when I get older, I want to do two things. I want to fly a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> you don't know what that is yet, but I'm going to do it, and I want to fight Nazis. <laughs> is Harrison Ford, he's got to go down as one of the biggest actors of all time, right? I mean, Yeah, I'm mean, just the biggest sci-fi franchise ever and the biggest like a, a staple in adventure films mm-hmm. like this kickstarted this whole genre mm-hmm. and they both just include him as a main star it's incredible yeah. it's Be- so hard better to than that. clint eastwood easily fuck clint eastwood <laughs> no. now, now this movie is getting interesting reviews um 
you know, looking at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 69% critics, 88% audience score. So the audiences seem to like it, um, which if you look, I believe I looked at this before and I don't have it up now. I'm terribly prepared, but I want to say the third one actually had a better critic score than this one somehow, but the audience is just absolutely shit on it. No, this has the worst critic score of any um any of the franchise so we get 93 for raiders 77 for temple of doom up to 84 for last crusade back down to 77 for crystal school which is just ridiculous and then 69 for this critic score yeah if you look at audience i mean this is the you know you got raiders the lost ark number one last crusade number two and then this one's number three so um the fourth one, obviously, with Shia LaBeouf is 53%. Now, I was a little sad. I thought we might get a little Shia LaBeouf uh, cameo in this. No chance. No, they killed him. <laughs> they killed off his character. Did they? Wasn't he his son, or am I incorrect in thinking that? I don't know. Oh. I don't remember. Once you you base your entire Indiana Jones franchise around that fourth movie, I've forgotten all about it, except for he survived a nuclear bombing. Um. Oh, no, he's not his son. Never mind. His they, name's Mutt. He's a young man who wants to help Indy find him, the Crystal Skull. I thought it was his son. Because you know how I mentioned in this one how his son died in the war, blah, blah, blah. But is Mutt secretly his son? I don't know. His name's Mutt Williams, so. Indiana Jones' son. What a great name, Mutt Williams. This is great. The right son here. of Indy and Marin Ravenwood. Wow. They fucking killed Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Steven Spielberg also directed... The fourth one, by the way. Some people forget. I don't. Um, yeah, but it's getting interesting reviews. It seems like it's a return to form. It seems like the filmmakers wanted to maybe make one last Indiana Jones movie, A, to make a lot of money, which we'll see if it does, and B, to not have the fourth one be the last one and have just the whole fan base hate it. That being said, is this movie making a lot of money? Not really, Ty. No. Opening to a $130 million worldwide opening weekend this past weekend. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is just way under budget, or I shouldn't say under budget, but under expectations, under projections. This movie cost, I think it was two hundred ninety-five million. I saw uh, Wikipedia just says two fifty to three hundred. I think it was two ninety-five before marketing, oh and I've seen this God. movie marketed everywhere. So yeah. they spent half a bill on this movie almost, and will it even break even? I don't know. We look at the domestic box office weekends of the whole year. Um, or this is worldwide, I believe. This isn't even domestic. Let me double check real quick. Great radio. Yeah, this is worldwide box offices, weekends, opening weekends. And it's just like, it, it's fallen behind. I mean, we have the Super Mario Bros. movie, Easter weekend, killing it. Um, then we have Spider-Verse. And then we have Mario's. Uh, that doesn't technically count. So the Easter weekend, that's an extended weekend. That doesn't count. So the real Easter weekend is actually number two behind Spider-Verse. If we're just talking three-day weekends. Then we're looking at Little Mermaid, we're looking at Ant-Man and the Wasp, we're looking at Transformers. Transformers had a better opening weekend than this. The Flash had a better opening weekend. Um, oh my god, that's not good. Guardians had a better opening weekend. Yeah, so, not great. Now, I will say, because typically, uh, you know, you want like a 40% drop off from week one to week two is considered like okay. The Flash had like a 60 plus mm-hmm. drop off, it was terrible. I do think that the fact that fans are enjoying this movie is going to make it – I feel like more people will go out and see it because of that. Um, because obviously everyone remembers the fourth one and hates it, and they're probably figuring this is just more of the same. Mm-hmm. And once people hear that, like, hey, it actually is kind of you know more fun and kind of like those older Indiana Jones films, I don't think it'll make its budget back, but I think it'll do okay in the next coming couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's still going to be considered a failure. And I think the whole movie industry right now is worth talking about. I mean, post-COVID, we all, you know, it's like, how is COVID going to impact this? This is, 2022 maybe was the first kind of regular year, but even then there was still a little bit of residual COVID, you know, the beginning of the year. I think this is the first, like, regular, like, I don't think anyone's thinking about getting COVID going out to the movie theaters. Of course, there's at-risk communities and older communities and all that. I totally get that. I respect that, but... Most of the population isn't thinking about COVID, I think, anymore and getting sick when they go to the movies. That's not like a reason they're not going. So why aren't they going? I'm, maybe people are just getting sick. I mean, we've had all these filmmakers talk about, you know, your Tarantinos of the world talk about all these uh, commercialized, serialized movie franchises that are just spitting out the same thing over and over. Is the movie audience finally 
responding and saying, hey, look, you keep spitting out these movies and it's just going to be on streaming in three months. So we're just going to stay home because you're not giving us a reason to go see it. Yeah. Um, is it that shit's expensive nowadays? Like inflation's a very real thing and we live in the desert where movies are cheap. But, you know, I went to the movies recently in like San Diego or, you know, San Antonio or wherever we went and movie tickets are freaking $16 a pop, you know, and it's $50 to go to the movies when it's all said and done. And, you know, so that could be another reason. It's just... I don't know. Hollywood's not in a great place right now. And I think we're going to start to see these franchises shift their priorities and what they make. And I think it might make them not, you can't be as lazy. Like you can't just make a fifth Indiana Jones movie and be like, Hey, we're just going to make this and people are going to be dumb and go see it. Like, I don't think that's happening anymore. You got to give people a reason to like really want to go. I feel like, um, taking a look at like the yearly box office totals since 2000, just worldwide box office totals as a whole. Mm-hmm. We were 13, 15, 18, 19. We jumped into the 20s. We jumped into the 30s in 2012. And then in 2019, there was $38 million. Uh, I apologize. Billion, obviously. Yeah, 2019 was a huge year. Yeah, 38 bit. Well, 2018 also did 38. 2017 also did 38. So, like, there was about $38 billion of box office Um you know, total box office to be shared with these movies. Mm-hmm. 2020 COVID happened. We dropped down to 18, 21. We jumped back up to 19, 22. We jumped up to 22, 23. We're halfway through the year. We're in July. We're at 9 million. And you know, maybe you can figure you're going to make more money as the summer goes on. Christmas holiday releases, probably a back end kind of market, but the average money that these movies are making is the lowest total since 2000. Um, they're averaging $6 million a movie. That's, I mean, in 2000, they averaged 31 million, <laughs> 2007, they averaged, you know, 9 million, about like 2009, right after the 2008, 2009, 11 million, 12 million, 12 million, 12 million. Yeah. Cause maybe someone would say, I mean, I said this with the flash, but I don't even know how true it is. Like there's so many options this summer. There's been so many big movies, but the overall, like you're mentioning, gross box office should still be healthy. We look back at 2019, a monthly breakdown from April to July, over one billion dollars cumulative gross, and I believe this is just domestic. Um, so it was like it was one bill in April, one bill in May, one point one in June, one point two in July, and it almost hit a bill in March, um, nine sixty two. We look at this this year for these same months, they've hit a bill once in June, and they barely. They barely squeaked across it, but May, you know, was down 25%. April was down around 10% and, you know, was carried by the Super Mario Bros. movie who did over half of that gross in that month. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, people just aren't going to the movies as much. Despite there being a lot, I think streaming is a big thing to do with it. I really do. Um. Well, yeah, and I think streaming's been such a big thing for so long, but it was pushed to the forefront and, and with COVID where no one had anything to do but sit at home and watch stuff. Well, yeah, and you also think about 2019, like, go back to 2019. I believe Disney Plus launched in 2020, or, like, end of 2019. Back in 2019, what did we have? We had Netflix, and we had Hulu. Like, that's really all we had. And it was like, maybe this movie's going to go to Netflix, maybe it's not. And if it does go to Netflix, it's going to be six months from now. Like, these studios do wait still. Um, So, like, I want to go see The Lion King in theaters. Now it's like, oh, this Disney movie, it'll be on Disney+. Plus. Oh, this Warner Brothers movie, The Flash will be on HBO Max. Like, these these companies creating these direct-to-consumer models are shortening the gap in their, you know, the time frame and kind of that middleman of Netflix where it's like, okay, I'm just going to get it directly soon anyways. Now, maybe in the long run, this is still profitable for these studios. You know, I know streaming, I think there's going to be a big streaming bubble. And people are going to start buying people. And I think there's only going to be like two or three standing when this all is said and done in 15 years. But maybe in the long run for the Disney's of the world, it's more profitable because you're getting, you know, 100 million people to pay $10 a month, you know. Well, and and taking a look, Disney Plus in 2022 generated $7 billion. But I still think it's operating at a loss, which is just crazy how much money they pour into that thing. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, you look at... You know, you figure if they generated seven billion in twenty two, total box office was twenty two. If you just include Disney, we're back up to around thirty billion. Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, it'll it'll course correct, and the studios will make money one way or another, just because they always do. The people that get fucked are the movie theaters, 100%. like the you know the movie theaters. 
I mean, yeah, they make most of their money on concessions anyways, but less people go to the movies. It's not – you're obviously not making as much money, and it's just – and then you're, you're going to have your, your Christopher Nolans and your Tarantinos of the world that still want to show their movies on the big screen, and then it's going to be like, well, are people going to go see those? I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, how Barbie does specifically. I think that is a serialized, commercialized movie that a lot of people are excited for, and maybe it, it course corrects, and I think – I think we might see a shift in Hollywood blockbuster movies. I think we're going to get a lot more family movies. You mean, look at the yeah. movies that are doing well this year. It's the Super Mario Bros. movie. It's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Two animated movies. Like, Guardians did okay, but not as well as it normally does. Like, I think we might start seeing these studios just pump out fucking 10 Super Mario Bros. movies in the next 10 years. And Sonic movies and, you know, all these just family movies where you could take your kids. Because that's, like, the one thing that still seems to get people to come to the movie theaters is like hey i'll take my kids and get them out of the house you know oh 100 and and i think the that what we're gonna see is movies made for adults are gonna have to start having smaller budgets yeah like you can still make those but you can't spend 300 million dollars for a movie like this you just can't fucking do it because you're never gonna make your money back yeah for sure and they're gonna be low budget adult films and then the high budget stuff's gonna be the kids I think we're gonna get a lot, we're gonna get Super Mario Bros. movies. We're gonna get Minecraft. I know that's already something in development. We're gonna get freaking all these games. Maybe there will be a Call of Duty. Nah, it's gotta it's be probably a not kids. There's gotta be a Fortnite movie. There will be a Fortnite movie that makes a bunch of money, and all yeah. these movies won't be very good. But they'll get their kids to beg their parents to take them, and that's that's where we're at right now. And it kind of sucks, but I mean, I don't really care that Indiana Jones doesn't make a lot of money. But it's shocking that this franchise is just like like a fart right now in the box office. <laughs> I am curious how this movie would have done if the fourth one never existed. Yeah. I mean, the fourth one did well, so. Well, yeah, but everyone hated it, which then you get that delayed response of now we're not going to watch five. No, for sure. But I think the fourth one, at least doing well in the box office shows that this one probably would have done well without it. But then again, it's also the widespread kind of uh, 800 million for crystal skull 790. It's not bad. Um, for 2008. Right after the housing crisis crash, pretty good. <laughs> um, I don't know. It sucks. I don't really care about Indiana Jones. Ty, do you want to talk about the movie? You already read your synopsis, right? Yeah, I did. Let's jump into the to the scale, Ty. All right, let's talk about it. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, Ty, I want to kick us off with plot slash story because this movie, I enjoyed the plot slash story. <laughs> it sounded like I was going to make a very big... <laughs> You're pissed about something. Thought, and then I just said I liked it. Look, in its surface, it's a adventure movie that's kind of run of the mill. We've seen it before. You know, the good guy adventurer is the one who does all the work in the cave to go get the the artifact, and then the bad guy swoops in at the last minute. The bad guy's always, you know, looks like he's gonna win, and then the good guys escape for a little bit, and then boom. The bad guy's back somehow. Now there were some unrealistic things in this movie. When they were scuba diving, you cannot you cannot descend that quickly. You're going to get nitrogen poisoning. The pressure is going to crush your skull. Oh, he said he had something that just ignores the bends. <laughs> he said it. Ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Or how about that boat getting blown up by t- dynamite and then them still somehow getting to land? Yeah. That boat's sinking and they're dying. Dynamite blew up at the bottom in the basement. Yeah. That's where the water comes in. Yeah, so that that didn't make sense. There the, was someone the kid, the kid and the big guy broke the fucking bridge and then they just walk right across the bridge going back. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there were some unrealistic things, whatever. It's an adventure movie. Um, I thought back of red, red notice, excuse me, when that one review said it was the perfect mix of Indiana Jones and national treasure. Yeah. That movie was an Indiana Jones ripoff. hundred percent. Like these two movies were the same. And yes, this Indiana Jones movie technically came after red notice, but the first Indiana Jones came first. So how about that? All that's whatever. I really liked how this story finished the time travel element how they handled that. Time travel is very tricky. And it wasn't like a full twist, but the whole Archimedes made the thing so that they would always go back to that one time so they could help them beat the Romans because obviously the 
the plane comes in and the Romans get all scared and they all get shot and they die, whatever. Yeah. I like that a lot. Pretty I kind of cool. did. It kind of removed all the, the stakes of what the, the antagonist was trying to do in this film, but we didn't know that watching it the first time. Yeah. Um, I thought it actually made sense because in theory, this was supposed to happen. It already happened in their past. So it's like, it didn't affect anything in the future because it's just kind of like a, a time loop that keeps happening over and over again. And, um, I really enjoyed it. And the, this is a movie that I think benefited from a good ending that actually made sense. and wasn't just like we defeat bad guy. Now we go home. It was like a more creative thing. All that being said, I still only gave it a 13, but I really like the ending of this movie and it, it definitely benefits from having a good ending. And that kind of, I think helps my overall perception of it. <laughs> No, I definitely like the ending. Uh, anytime you can get Nazis fighting against Roman soldiers, <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. That's just cool war. Do you remember that show on, I think it was Spike? Where they I were... love that show. I watched YouTube highlights of it when I did construction. Deadliest Warrior, whatever yeah. it was called. And it would just be like, what if we put up a Navy SEAL against like a gladiator? <laughs> it was like, I don't know. What would happen? It was great. Um <laughs> It's you know kind of like that. That's fun. Yeah. Um. One thing with the Indiana Jones franchise, and even like you know going back to the first film, he kind of very rarely has any effect on the plot. Okay. Because even in the first one, it's it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they're looking for the Ark of the Covenant, and and they go after it, and he's trying to get to it before the Nazis, and he's fucking terrible because every time he goes after something, someone else beats him to it and ends up with it. <laughs> Every time. And the whole thing is like, I got to get this so the Nazis don't get it. Nazis end up getting the Ark. They open it, and it releases all this shit, and it kills all of them. Oh. Yeah. So it was a blessing that he didn't get it. I mean, well, you're not... I don't know. I don't remember the That was the ending, though? Yeah, they open it, and, like, shit flies out, and they look at it, and, like, burns them alive, and... Pretty graphic. Wow. Um, is, the fir- is that one the one with the giant ball? Yeah. Okay. Giant ball happens, I'm not even joking, five minutes into this franchise. Wow. It's like the first thing in the first movie. Wow, okay. It's incredible. Got it. Um, But he, like, rarely has an effect on, on the plot. Like, it's just kind of he goes on an adventure and we see events play out. And we're with Indy, and obviously he's part of the plot, but, like, the events could still happen without him. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing here. And so it kind of sucks that the main character doesn't really have any... He had connections. He got a fishing boat. <laughs> he did get a fishing boat. We got to get Indiana Jones meets Puss in Boots. <laughs> that was um, his biggest thing in this movie was just... Having connections. Yeah. I, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but it was still, it's a fun adventure movie. Like, you're going across the world and, and the little map with the dots. Like, I like that. Where are we going? <laughs> I don't understand. They went, like, all the way down the coast of one thing just to fly back up. To get to the airport? I was like, there had to have been a closer airport north. <laughs> had um, to have been. To get to the airport, that was my only. Um, it's a good time, though. It's a lot of fun. I liked the introduction of the... Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge character. Mm-hmm. I think they played well together, and I liked her having stakes in this, um, being a part of it, and like kind of helping progress the plot. So I'm I'm one point higher than you. I'm at a fourteen. Wow, wow Ty. I like Indiana Jones. It's a good time. What did you think of? It seemed like it was going to be consequential, but then it wasn't. The whole like you had the uh, the U.S. agent because the. The U.S. agent is working together with the antagonist in this film, mm-hmm. Dr. Schultz or whatever his name is. And, and then, like, ends up kind of being inconsequential. Like, they get the dial, and then they just kill the U.S. agent, and they kind of do their own thing. Like, I thought there was going to be more to that. And then it was kind of just like, no, we're just going to do this. And then, I don't know. How did you – what did you think of that? Um, Did I you need know. that? Did you even need that? Not really, but I feel like it probably was a, hey, the CIA was doing a lot of shady shit back in the day kind yeah. of thing like a nod at that and like they were working with these people and then the nazis just used them and then said fuck you we're gonna go do some nazi stuff which like probably happened in real life a lot where it's just yeah. like hey we're helping bad people oh shit the bad people double crossed us yeah that's true um, but it's not necessary at all in this plot whatsoever no not at all now you were mentioning how indiana jones isn't like a big part of the story and we said his biggest thing was connections at this point his career is his biz- biggest strength just his networking He's not an adventurer anymore. He's just a networker. I mean, he's not bad at it. His networking got him Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who brought him all this information. Got him Puss in Boots in the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, other stuff. Yeah. I don't know who else he knew. <laughs> he's great at it, though. He always knows a guy well, across yeah, all in- the franchises. He's Indiana Jones. Have you seen all the Indiana Jones movies? Uh, at least once. It's been a while since I've seen um, Temple of Doom, probably. Last Crusade I've watched more recently. Which is the one with Sean Connery. 
Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I just watched like two weeks ago, though. Good time. Well, I'm assuming the old ones. Temple of Doom, I think, is when they rip some dude's heart out. Wow. It's pretty sick. I'm assuming the older ones probably have more Indiana Jones actually doing action and adventure stuff. And obviously, you're a little bit limited with that and when your main character is 80 years old now. Um, That being said, they still tried. Harrison Ford still did a little bit. We didn't get any cry macho punches, unfortunately. No, No, we did Um, not. God bless. How about the gum that fixed that little buggy? What'd you think of that? It's heat resistant. <laughs> that was a random thought that just came in my head. Look, man, that was they, another ridiculous. If they can ignore the bends and pressure, especially that's kind of like a sore subject right now with the whole submarine <laughs> and people getting crushed. Like if you would have just had Indy on that submarine, we're getting out of this. You're bringing you know <laughs> okay, artifacts back from the Titanic. I'm surprised Mark Wahlberg hasn't come out and said that if he was on that submarine, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have uh, imploded. <laughs> That's fucking great. Um, I brought up Indy's age and the action because I want to talk about the key elements of this film. So I think of an adventure movie, and this is definitely that. I think of what an Indiana Jones movie is without really seeing one besides the fourth one. And I think of what we got exactly in this. Um, that being said, I'm assuming, as someone who hasn't seen the original ones, that Indy probably does a little bit more action. Probably isn't as reliant as other people when it comes to that. I'm not sure. I, I don't know how action forward they are. Um, but I thought it was an adventure movie and I'm sure it could do, it could have been done better and it has been done better by this own franchise. Um, but it did what it needed to do. I gave it a 14. Now I want you to take the floor on the key elements since you have a better perspective of this. Yeah. I mean, it's never been like a, in terms of, it's a more of an adventure franchise rather than an action franchise. So it's never been him punching his way through everything and fighting through a crowd of people and. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's him searching for stuff and climbing and avoiding booby traps. And yeah, he gets into the occasional fight. But like one of the most iconic things is when Harrison Ford was sick on set and there's supposed to be this whole fight sequence. And the guy like comes out with a sword and he just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, like he didn't feel good, didn't want to do it. And so like guy gets ready for the fight sequence. He just fucking pulls out his gun before they throw a punch, shoots the guy, kills him, gets put into the movie. <laughs> like they just avoid that whole fight scene. Nice. Um, it's more that with some action sprinkled in. Okay. And so, like, this felt pretty on brand for it. Um, I, I would have liked a little bit more of the whip. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Under usage of the whip. I don't care what year it is. I don't care if the people you're fighting have laser guns. Mm-hmm. Nothing beats a good bull whip pulling a gun out of someone's hand. Could have at least got him whipping some Romans, right? Yeah. That would have been sick. Would have been badass. <laughs> old man Indy going back there fucking up some Roman soldiers. That would have been great. Um, but I think overall, like it, it was an Indiana Jones film. You got the the you know fight sequence and and then you know going through the train car on top of the train mm-hmm. against the Nazis. You have them you know leaving the building and breaking out of that. You have the um, the plane and them driving the motorcycle in the rain and fucking mm-hmm. hop like that. That feels like Indiana Jones to me. So, yeah, this franchise has done it better. Other, other franchises have done it better than this installment. Um, but I'm out of 15 out of 20. It's okay. Indiana Jones. It does feel like Indiana Jones. While it's a watered-down, older version of him, it's an Indiana Jones movie. More so than the last one? Again, I've tried to completely erase that movie from my mind. I don't really remember anything of it. I think the whip, the lack of the whip, was maybe a meta-commentary on how useless his whip would actually be in 1969. I mean, they did have the scene where he, like, tried to whip something and then everyone pulled out guns. Really pissed me off that there was, like, five different events where the bad guy's just, like, gun, and they're like, ah, fuck. And you just have, like, weeks to buy a gun. Yeah. Just get a gun, and then you and the bad guy have a gun. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Solve so many problems. I was thinking about that, actually, in the very end when they're in, like, the cave and they pull the guns on him. I'm like, they literally, like, stopped and shopped in Italy. Like, they wouldn't have went and got a gun somewhere. Yeah. And Indy's got connections. We know this. He knows people. Does he not know fire, you know, firearm dealers? Now, I don't know if this happens in the previous films. Also would have been sick. I know whips aren't really lassos, but I would have loved to see him, like, whip a gun to himself or something. No, that's what here's, I'm saying. Here's a great scene. Guy's about to shoot someone, about to shoot the uh, the girl. He whips the gun out of his hand, slides across the floor. Kid picks it up. Bang, bang. Shot dead. Probably doesn't want a kid shooting a gun in this film, but... What do you mean a kid fucking handcuffs someone to a grate underwater and just drowned him? That's like the worst death I can imagine. Yeah, that is pretty bad. That is... Uh... I'd much rather be shot than be handcuffed to something and just forced to drown. 
Wow. That's gruesome. Oh. No, I, I mean, they use the whip in wonderful ways throughout the franchise. Pull things to him, get things out of people's hands, uses it as like a grappling hook almost, like lassos, you know, hits something and then swings across. Oh, a little Tarzan? Yeah, you could you could definitely pull a gun out of someone's hand. Come on now. This is a little off base here, but um, I guess in 19... I guess I'm reading the Wikipedia. <laughs> in 1979, uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg made a deal with Paramount to to make five Indiana Jones films. So this always seemed to plan, be the plan. In April of 2008, Harrison Ford said he would return as Indiana Jones if it does not take another 20 years to develop. It took 15. So okay. We beat it, your, your deadline there. Um, and it was actually originally pitched for Mutt Williams, Mr. Shia LaBeouf, to be the main character in number five. And like back back in the day. Um, and that was scrapped. And they said there's just no fucking chance we're doing that. Kill him in war now. I also I don't know what George Lucas like thinks about the fourth one or what he'll say about this one, but I I, I don't really like J- George Lucas. Can I get on a George Lucas soapbox before we continue the scale? Give it to me. This guy sells his franchises for billions of dollars, and like I'm pretty sure he got most of the money. I'm sure he had some partners, he had some investors with George Lucas. He probably had to pay out, but he probably got most of that. What did, what did Disney pay for George for Lucas films? Um, a lot. It happened when we were in high school. I remember I was in video productions when it happened. George Lucas net four worth. $4 billion. George Lucas net worth $5 billion. In the form of cash and stock with $1.8 billion in stock. And then he complains about like when they do something with Star Wars that he wouldn't, what he wouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Dude, you sold your shit for $4 billion. Like you can't be, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, I'm going to sell all this away and become a billionaire which good for him i would have done the same thing 100 if someone offers me four billion dollars for this podcast i'm sorry ty you got a new co-host no that's fine um but i'm not gonna say as long here as it's not george lucas <laughs> i don't want to talk to george lucas ben falcone oh fuck you <laughs> um i wouldn't sit there and be like wow what are they doing with within the lines like dude come on now you know and i again i don't know if he's complained about this one probably not yet because it's still in theaters but or he's he complained about the old one i know he's definitely complained about star wars and all that being said, he's still like an executive producer on most of these films. So he still has some say. And I just – I don't like when they do that. It's kind of like when um, – what's his name? James Gunn was like, well, I wouldn't have had Star-Lord do that in Infinity War. It's like, ah, you probably kind of would have. You were an ex- He was very much involved in that movie. They had everyone involved in that movie. Yeah, and he literally – like his whole thing in the second one was that he got mad about finding out Ego, you know, placed the, the cancer in his mom. And then he, he gets mad and – Star-Lord has had a, a tendency to get mad and kind of, you know, so it totally made sense for the Star-Lord character to ruin everything because he finds out Gamora, you know, was killed or whatever. That, that's what it was, right? That he killed her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I just hate when filmmakers do this. And I know George Lucas does it. Dude, you got four Billy. Just fucking go cry in your mansion. I think the thing that's crazy about George Lucas is he had this really, like, s- small idea. Mm-hmm. which was just like, what if these guys got, like, magical powers? And it was like an ancient thing in space mm-hmm. and then he's just expanded upon it so much and pretended like he knew every like he, you're just making it up as you go along and then the three movies that everyone like say are like technically the worst are the three that like no one told you hey dude maybe chill out a little bit like episodes one two and three are him just off the fucking wire mm-hmm. there's like a 70s diner in space <laughs> explain that to me yeah <laughs> um and then he sells his franchise and then he bitches about it like very good filmmaker, made iconic films, but I'm kind of with you. Like, come on now, guy. He also directed one, two, and three. I know you love the prequels, but he directed the prequels, all three of them, and directed number four. Yeah. Didn't know. direct what people call the best of all time, number five. No, that's what I'm saying. He directed one, two, and three, and that's the one where like no one really told him, hey, dude, maybe a little less of this weird shit. It could have been very good. Well, you know my take with Star Wars, and I think Indiana Jones probably has a little bit of it, too where those movies were just so groundbreaking for their time. And in comparison, they're probably not as good anymore, just like Jaws. And Raiders of the Lost Ark a pretty fucking good movie, Jay. Just watch I'll it have to, I'll ago. have to watch it. Maybe it's movie. not as bad as Star Wars, where no one hates Star Wars movies more than Star Wars fans. But Well, that's also the thing. is Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. Pretty good fucking movies. Are they good, or are they just groundbreaking? Trailblazing. Both. I think it's it's they were great at the time for what they could do technologically speaking. Like some of the Star Wars shots that were shot in nineteen seventy seven, I still don't understand how they made that ship look that fucking big going into that planet and stuff. 
blows my fucking mind all the miniatures they use and everything yeah. for it. But it's also just very good storytelling. If you say that's so. timeless. Storytelling's timeless. CGI and graphics and fight choreo and shit like that. Like, yeah, are the fucking lightsaber battles dog shit? Do they just like swing at each other three times and that's it? Sure, but the story's still very good. I just think about like the Spider Man trilogy, which I love, the original. Sam Raimi? Yes. Okay. Love number one. Number two is still one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. But what makes it so good, it was so good at the time because it kind of broke ground. But if you compare Spider-Man 2 without nostalgia, someone who's never seen it, you know, obviously don't give it discredit for some of the CGI and stuff because it was 2004 or whatever it was. But if you compare it, you know, punch for punch for some of the MCU movies, like, yes, it would still rank pretty high, but it wouldn't be like this amazing groundbreaking, you know, I just think. These trailblazing movies get a little bit more credit because they are trailblazers and all credit to them. But, you know, is this Indiana Jones really that much worse than the second one? I don't know. Well, and I, I haven't seen it. I, and I think we've talked about it on like the the scale on the podcast. Like part of what makes your story score is how unique and original the story is. If yep. you're unique and original at the first time, like that's great. Now there's been 20 million ripoffs of this. If you go back to it, like, yeah, I've seen the story before. Well, that's because you've watched the stuff that's influenced from this. If you view this as nothing before it had done anything like this, you're going to get more credit and be viewed in a higher light than all of the knockoffs that come after. Like That's just yeah. that's just the nature of it. That's fair. But I wasn't born when it came out, so I didn't watch it. Also very fair. fair. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I, just, I think George Lucas is on my enemy list. I'll say it. You know, that's a very rich man to have on your enemy list. Like, if he wanted to go toe for toe for you, you're fucking dead, Jay. <laughs> So I don't know if I would make an enemy out of George Lucas, but he would pay to have a real lightsaber created just to fucking chop you in half. Visual cinematography. I thought it was fine. I think it's a big budget Disney movie that, you know, has big budget visuals. I don't think it was anything. There wasn't like any character to this, how it was shot or anything, in my opinion. Um, I thought the de-aging was actually done quite well. You don't think so? Mm, I think there was... I knew you would hate it no matter what, so... Well, I think it looked good at times. I think there's a few scenes where they pan out and he's, like, jumping on the train cars and shit. And it's, like, quick shots of him. It it reminds me of Polar Express (laughs) at times. Just, like, a little rubbery. But I do think overall it's done well. And it's not like the Irishman where it's this 80-year-old guy pretending to be 30. Mm -hmm. Um, It it looks and feels a lot more organic, for sure. I thought this was the best de-aging I've seen. No. In recent, in recent movies? I mean, for all the hate the movie gets, Captain Marvel and, and Nick Fury looking young throughout the entire thing is unmatched for me. Well, Samuel L. Jackson also still looks pretty young. Why is that, Jay? Because he's a great guy. And they, I think they just did makeup with that. So I think that's a little bit. That's just not even remotely really? true. Yeah. They use de-aging technology throughout the entire thing. Well, you know what? I don't remember how he looks. I'll be honest. Um, Wonderful. But all that being said, I thought the de-aging in this was pretty solid. It was not distracting, and it was better than I anticipated it being. And look, is it not going to look perfectly, perfectly perfect? Yeah, sure, it's de-aging. It's CGI, of course. Like, I don't look at the the freaking Transformers and think it looks totally realistic because it's CGI. But I thought it was pretty good, and it didn't take away from me. But, you know, everything else, it didn't really have character with the the cinematography or anything. And the visuals, it's just a big-budget visual movie. I gave it a 13. All right. I'm I'm once again one point higher than you. I'm at 14. Um, wow. After shitting on the de-aging. I said it looked rubbery at times, like Polar uh, Express. You kind of shit on it really hard. De-aging also takes place in the first, like, 10% of the movie, and the rest is old man Indy. Yeah, but that could take you out right away. It could have. it's so horrible. I didn't... I wasn't blown away or taken aback by it. Um, But I do think that throughout the movie, there's a couple of shots that just kind of feels like Indiana Jones, you know? Like the the fucking the motorcycle through the rain chasing down a plane, that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's a cool shot. I like that. Does it look super realistic? No, but does it look like an action adventure Indiana Jones shot? Million percent. I like stuff like that. Um, the light reflecting and all the other kind of shit, like the the little tricks they did, like that's all. That feels like an Indiana Jones movie, and it looks like it's a movie that's a like you show me a shot out of this film and just like don't show me who's in it. It gives off Indiana Jones vibes, and I appreciate that out of a cinematographer. I was getting more Red Notice vibes. No, fuck that movie. With Gal Gadot, baby. Fucking Gal Gadot. 
What do you think of Tony Stark's de-aging in Civil War? Tony St- When he has the barf technology? Um, not bad. It's done pretty well. Did Marvel just... Did they peak with their visual effects? I those so. Those yeah, two movies? 100%. And then I think they realized, hey, we don't need to spend this much money on CGI in order to make a billion dollars. Um, and then they just stopped spending it. Counterpoint, they haven't been making as much money on their movies. COVID. <laughs> the other counterpoint. Well, not this year. Guardians, very well received. Still didn't make a shit ton of money. You yeah, know? That's true. I don't think that was because of CGI, though. No, definitely not with that. Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp? Yeah, 100%. Looked like shit. Pretty bad. Characters. Um... You know, as someone who is new, kind of new to the Indiana Jones franchise, Indy's pretty cool. Wish he was a little bit younger. If only there was a way to kind of accomplish that. You know, maybe see what he could have been like when he was younger. Mm. I would really enjoy that. That's um, almost as if there was like a trilogy of movies you could go back and watch with a, a, a quadrilogy. No, that's 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 hold on, trilogy. <laughs> no, I thought Harrison Ford was fine, and I think uh, I think he wasn't. He didn't seem that old, and I give him credit for that. As someone who hates Clint Eastwood. Um, and I'm on the record of hating him. Um, I th- actually kind of liked the the daughter character. Well, not daughter, but the, the Phoebe Bridges character. I thought she was compelling, and she kind of had a, a turn throughout the movie that was predictable. But there was character development, because you're not really going to get much of that with Indy. I feel like you didn't really get character development with Indy. You didn't get him, like, accepting his losses or anything. You just kind of got, like, he got his wife back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. good for the old man. But, you know, you had the character development there. I actually kind of... Pretty liked the antagonist in this film. Um, the guy played a believable Nazi. And I don't know if that's a compliment or a, a diss, but um, Mr. <sighs> I don't remember his name, and he's not on. Matt Rotten Tomatoes is horrible. Mickelson? Yeah, Mickelson. Whatever. I don't remember. What was his first name? Matt. I don't know. My laptop just fully gave um, up on life. He's pretty good. I, I thought he was actually really, really good and compelling in this. Uh, Mads Mickelson. And he's in other stuff I've seen. I could have sworn. He's in Doctor Strange. Who's he playing Doctor Strange? The villain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Uh, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's actually the villain's name. You nailed that one. <laughs> I thought he was pretty good. Pretty compelling. Um, all that being said, there isn't like a ton of depth here. Your laptop just died? I My mouse just isn't working. It's going sideways when I go up and down. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> um, there isn't a ton of character depth here. Um, so, you know, I like the performances, but it's not nothing that blows me away. Nothing that's going to like... Nothing to write home about. I give it a 13 out of 20. Once again, kind of keeping a familiar theme with this scale. Now, I want you to lead your character's um, analysis with what did you think about the child actor in this? Mm. He was fine. He didn't take me out of it. He wasn't great, but he was fine. All right. Usually child actors take me out of it. Um, This one didn't, so that's a good child acting performance. (laughs) If you're not terrible, you're good. (laughs) Um, Indiana Jones. uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is good in this movie. I liked her as the new side character. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed what she brought to the table and, and how she was kind of like another Indiana Jones, but you know, a little, little different, a little more spice to her, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I Indiana Jones is fine in this. Harrison Ford is such a good fucking actor when you let him cook. Have you watched the show Shrinking on Apple? I have not. It's him and Jason Siegel, and he's a therapist. He's fucking hilarious in that movie. Not mm-hmm. I mean in that show. Mm-hmm. Like just throughout the entire thing, he gives such a goddamn good performance. And I was really hoping we get more of, like, that out of this. Like, the charm and, and charisma that Harrison Ford has had for fucking years that has made him two of but the most Indiana characters. Jones, man. Toxic masculinity. He, he has that in the other ones, though. He just, wow. like, looks at a chick and it's just like, yes. Like, that's what Indy is, you know? Oh, well, he's pretty old. Yeah, but still. Like, I just, like, some of the charm, the comedy, like, give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit wisecracking and shit. Um, okay. He was just fine. He was just fine in this. I think the villain was a Nazi. I do think he played a Nazi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was good or bad, but he's just a Nazi. I wasn't blown away by any. It's just, I thought he was pretty good. I liked him. I, I gave it a 12 for characters. I don't think anyone's performance blew me away. I don't think it's a memorable. This isn't going to be like, oh, fuck, you know, that's Indiana Jones or that villain. Oh, my God. You remember that one Nazi villain dude was so good. Like, no, there's no great performances in this, but they all do fine. And I don't know if that's kind of what you want out of this kind of movie. Like, you want it to be the adventure takes the forefront. Yeah, And he's sure. just, just driving the boat, you know? That's what you want out of this. So, it's fine. I, I got a 12. Okay. Yeah, you're not you're not trying to do a big character work here, I don't think. Um, 
like you said, you don't really need that with Indiana Jones. Enjoyment, Ty. Seems like you enjoyed this film a lot as an Indiana Jones connoisseur. What would you? How would you grade your enjoyment on a scale from one to twenty? Um, that's a wonderful question, Jay. That I'd love to answer. You don't know your score without looking um, at your sheet. I don't remember. I was in between two scores. I don't know what I finished. Well, then on. just say what your heart feels right now. So look, man. <laughs> this movie. Jack, like I'm gonna be able to fucking find my score here. You should know it by your heart. Let me see if I do this. Is someone else doing your scores for you and you're just reading them off? No. I was in between two scores and I don't know what I finished on. Oh, then the just right go direction. with what your heart says there right now. There we go. There we go. Okay. Um, it was fine. <laughs> I had a good time with it. it. It felt a little too long, admittedly. I got a little sleepy towards the middle mm-hmm. um, when they were chasing him down before they left the city, I think, after he meets Phoebe Waller-Bridge and they go to that thing and he knocks over the bookshelves. Yeah, it's probably 20 minutes too long. Chase ensues. Mm-hmm. I kind of fell a little asleep on that chase. I was awake, but my eyes were heavy. Um, it was fine. It was fun. It's not as good as the originals. It's not one of my favorite movies of all time. If people like Indiana Jones, I'll say, yeah, go watch this. It's it's more Indiana Jones. It's go, not four. Go watch this or wait till it's on streaming. Um, If people are big Indiana Jones fans, I'll be like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Indiana Jones. Like, go watch this. Anyone else who's like, oh, I kind of like those movies, like, yeah, you should check it out once it goes to streaming. Okay. Finished on a 13 out of 20. Wow. All the things you said, and I still ended up with a higher score than you. I was probably sitting at 12, 13 as well. I do agree it was a little long, probably 20 minutes too long. Where do you trim that? I'm not sure. Um, I would say maybe the first scene, but the first scene was pretty cool, so I kind of liked it. Maybe you trim. I don't know. I really don't know what you trim. Maybe you don't have to go find that little tablet thing. Maybe you just go find the other half of it. Maybe you already have that tablet thing and yeah, or what like whatever. Like I think the whole boat sequence was kind of my least favorite part of the film just cuz it's like they dove underwater and the water shots weren't very good. We didn't really talk about that, but again, thinking about Avatar Way of Water when we're thinking about that. Um and then you have like he gets attacked by eels a little bit, then he gets saved like the stakes there really weren't that high. You did get a cool monologue from, well, not really monologue, but a cool scene from uh, Phoebe Waller Bridges. <laughs> um, bridge, not just, not Bridges. So I guess that was worth it, but maybe you trim there. But I landed at a 14. Like I said, I think it benefits from having a solid ending, and that makes the whole thing more enjoyable for me. So when I walk out of the theater, I'm like, wow, I enjoyed that. I see that you're breaking our scale. <laughs> you're breaking our rankings. I was just trying to enter in my number talking. I couldn't. I finished with a 14 out of 20 enjoyment, giving me a final score, 67 out of 100, falling right above, right within the lines, uh, right there at the, the cutoff of 64 and a half. Yeah, I'm or 65. I'm one point higher than you. I'm at 68. Wow. Why do we even do this if we just I, give the same thing over and over? I don't know. I miss when we disagree. I need a new Hubie Halloween. Or Tomorrow War. Tomorrow War is such a good fucking movie. You love to just talk about Hubie Halloween. But you don't talk about the bad movie that you gave a good score. Yeah, Indiana Jones, though, 68, 67, 67 and a half out of 100, making it the 106th ranked movie out of 188 films we've reviewed. I tried sorting, but it wouldn't let me. It is with the likes of, I can't scroll up, so if you can just scroll to. Yeah, I'll do your bit for you. I'll do your bit for you. Please. Uh, It's got the same score with the likes of Vacation Friends. Oh. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay. Lightyear. It's also, it's also a little bit behind Zack Snyder's Justice League, Last Night in Soho, which infamously got a one enjoyment score out of me. Um, and it's right above, fittingly enough, half a point above Red Notice. Half you, a point you above? You might be able to imitate the original, but you'll never beat it. Are you saying that about the fifth installment of the franchise? The or fifth Red installment Notice? of the – well, Red Notice is imitating Indiana Jones, but even you can't even beat the worst version of it, even though we would probably agree number four is the worst version. But as you said – that That's not a happen. version. That's not a version of it. That's yeah. something else, separate. So come at the king. You better not miss. Something I love like that. that. I love that. That's how that ended. Um, right. Also above Godzilla versus Kong: Mortal Kombat, which is probably a little bit too high, but I don't know. It's a fun movie. It's it's an easy watch. It's a little long, like we said. Um, if you like Indiana Jones, you're gonna like this, and it might not be as good as the originals, but that's fine. Just because it's not as good as the first three doesn't mean you have to go complain on Twitter, George Lucas. Is he like, complaining on Twitter? No, I'm just saying he always does complain okay. on Twitter. But Indiana Jones fans will complain on Twitter. Guess what? The fifth movie in installment usually isn't as good, unless you're Fast Five. <laughs> that's, that's actually when it peaked. Vin Diesel's the only one to figure out the fifth movie of a franchise. There's probably like a think piece about how like Fast Five is really the start of the Fast and the Furious genre as we know it today. 
because you think about it like the first four well number four kind of is the start of this crazy genre ford tiptoes towards it more for sure but it's more ridiculous fifth is like we're not a racing movie anymore we're a we're, it, it we're was a complete a shift yeah. they, they changed the franchise so if you want your fifth installment to be amazing you got to change the franchise a little bit star wars episode five the best one but it was technically two it <laughs> doesn't really work but <laughs> um random ai generated movie review tie mm. I got to pull up my doc real quick. Okay. So, of course, George Lucas. I had to go with a George Lucas character. Um, because we just always stay on brand with the characters. And I don't know how much his character actually talks in the movies, but I would assume he gives a great monologue once or twice. Darth Vader. That is Mr. Darth Vader. Does he talk much? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Isn't yeah. James, James Earl Jones? Yeah, James Earl Jones. Wonderful voice. How does he... Oh, you are... <clears throat> Is it like raspy like Batman? <laughs> it's just James Earl Jones, dog, but he's just got like breathing machine. In the wild realm. I don't know. How do you? I'm just going to read Have it. Have you never book. heard Darth Vader talk? No. Maybe like on like. the most iconic fucking villain of all time. Maybe like Star Tours. If he ever talks to me on Star Tours. <laughs> just read it as Kylo Ren then. Just do that. How does he talk? He just I talks know. normal, doesn't it's he? Same kind of shit. In the wild realms of four. That kind of sounds good, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> A gathering of spirit. That's how. That's how Kylo Ren talks. He talks like a, like a British guy, who's kind of mad, because he lost his footy wager. He's basically a British Kyle. Who's Kyle? The kids who punch hole in drywalls and drink monsters. In the wild realms of four, a gathering of spirited creatures embarks on an unforeseen odyssey, shunned from their destined sanctuary, along their treacherous voyage. Alliances are forged and adversaries, adversities confronted (laughs) as these unconventional heroes strive to reclaim their stolen freedom from an unyielding captor. (laughs) So funny. I think I know the fucking movie. (laughs) With each step, their indomitable spirit surges forth, transcending the boundaries of their confined existence. The curtain is drawn. And the adventure unfolds, a tale that echoes through the, not going to read the f- end of this because it gives it away. That's, that's tough. <laughs> I, I appreciate a good ending. Um, that's fine. Walk me through the first, let's go line by line here a little bit. First line, creatures in a forest? In the wild realms afar, a gathering of spirited creatures, they embark on an unforeseen odyssey. Mm. They are shunned from their destined sanctuary. So spirited creatures makes me think of small things with a lot of energy. <laughs> okay. I'm stuck between two two options here. And just going through the description. Well, you want to go through more? They got a treacherous voyage. Treacherous voyage. Forged 100%. alliances. But yep. they also had adversities that they had to confront. There's always adversities in every movie. They're, they're striving to reclaim their stolen freedom. Stolen freedom. yielding captor. I think they're not allowed to sing. <laughs> oh, Okay. I think that their stolen freedoms, they're not allowed to sing. I think you had Darth Vader's explain the movie Trolls to me. <laughs> Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. That's a good guess, Ty. I've actually never seen Trolls. Oh, I'm pretty sure that they like <laughs> don't get to sing and they got to go on an adventure to get the music back. <laughs> I 100% thought you were describing, like, right off the rip. I was like, this is fucking Trolls. <laughs> I've never seen it, but that does make sense. I'll read the last sentence for you. The curtain is drawn and the adventure unfolds. A tale that echoes through. The Boundless Plains of Madagascar. The film Madagascar. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's got the film's name in it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, spirited creatures, you know. Okay. They're shunned from, animals. from being. They weren't shunned. They broke out of the fucking zoo. But no, they're shunned from their desired sanctuary, from being in the wild. In Africa. Yes. Got it. And, you know, they're trying to reclaim their stolen freedom from their unyielding captor. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. I, I I got locked in on trolls right away. I don't yeah. hate that though. Now I also I'll I'll do a bonus one this week for you because it's Fourth of July. Fuck yeah! Um, I did another one, but it wasn't as good, so I didn't do it. It was also Darth Vader. Um, but you know, bonus bonus one for you. <clears throat> this one's way too easy. Also, by the way, which is another reason why I didn't do it. <laughs> Darth Vader's a great descriptor. In a realm, I always so what I tell it is I say in the style of Darth Vader, write a brief, vague summary for the movie blank. 
in a realm where the very fabric of memory unravels. An enigma, it, an, it, enigma? It, enigmatic, enigmatic, sure, woman ensnared in an eternal time loop finds solace in an unexpected connection. Do you already know it? The Palm Springs? No. It's very similar. Admist, amidst a tapery of forgotten moments, tapestry of forgotten moments, and fleeting <laughs> encounters, an unlikely love blossoms. 51st dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's they're, wonderful. The bond teeters on the precipice of oblivion as each day draw, dawns anew, erasing the past with merciless precision. Erasing the past with merciless precision. I mean, Darth Vader knows how to talk. Together, Shakespearean. Together, they grapple with the relentless ebb and flow of time, confronting the fragility of their shared reality. In this labyrinth, labyrinthine existence, can love endure the ceaseless cycle of forgotten yesterdays? (laughs) Fucking Darth is cooking, man. Yeah. Can I just call him Darth? I think you can. Where does Darth come from? Um, I don't know. That's one of those words, like when you say Darth Vader, you don't think about it. But just think about the word Darth. Yeah, I think it's German. Everyone always says it's German for, like, something father. Mm. But I don't think it actually is. Only fate holds the answer in the shadow depths of 51st dates. Now, Ty, I said that was a bonus one, but I want to do one more bonus one for you. <laughs> just because this is so fun. Do you have Darth fun. Vader just ripping off multiple synopsises? I'm doing it right now. We're going to get it live. Oh, shit. Because it's 4th of July, patriotic. Let's celebrate. Um, also, I was a bad American. I went golfing yesterday, and they had American flag, um, the flags. Yeah. And they had little posts in the ground, and me and Buddy were like, what are these posts for? Like, we didn't understand, and we were thinking about it. Figured out towards the end, they were to put the flags on instead of putting it on the ground because you're not supposed to put the American flag on the ground. Did you guys just throw I was throwing flag? those flags on the ground all day. <laughs> wow, Jay. Counterpoint, also against flag code to, like, turn the American flag into a fucking golf thing. So. Is it? It's, you're not supposed to, like, get tattoos, merchandise, like, nothing. It's supposed to just be a flag. It's supposed to not be on clothing also. I yeah. fucking love me a good American flag onesie. Well, Ty, this one's pretty easy, but for 4th of July. And miss the soaring skies. Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop good, Maverick. A Maverick pilot emerges from the crucible of uncertainty propelled by a relentless thirst for redemption fuck yes haunted by the echoes of the past yep. he is called back to the arena of aerial supremacy fuck yeah where courage clashes with destiny against a backdrop of unforgiving challenges and clandestine rivalries the stakes escalate to unprecedented heights as the tempest of war looms ever closer, he must confront the specters that linger in the recesses of his soul. This is fucking beautiful. <laughs> you'll like this. You'll like the next two sentences the most. In the crucible of skyward battles, will he soar to become the legend he was destined to be? The winds of fate whisper their secrets oh. in Top Gun <laughs> Maverick. No, it's terrifying. What? AI can just make like awesome fucking the winds of fate, just like a double metaphor for like fate and fucking being in the air. Yeah, AI's fucking smarter than I am already. It's incredible. <laughs> you have never written a sentence like never. in the labyrinthine existence can love endure the ceaseless cycle of forgotten yesterdays. Never, never. But AI, as someone else can, <laughs> as Darth Vader, as Darth Vader, it's beautiful. Oh. Brings a goddamn tear to my eye. I want to go watch the movies, all three of those movies again right now. <laughs> what are we reviewing next week, Ty? <sighs> next week, Jay. Um, I think I know what it is. If you need me to pull it up because you're computer. As of now, it's a movie. But do we? I know we discussed possibly pivoting to a different movie. Um, we did. Right now, it's Joyride. That movie looks really good. So we can leave it as Joyride, or we can do the, it's going to be like the number one rated R-rated comedy in the last however many years, the, the Jennifer Lawrence movie. Spin Zone, Joyride, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Locked it in. Also rated R. Just kidding. I don't know what it's rated, actually. And it's also comedy. Okay. But that Jennifer Lawrence movie does seem like it's a lot better than, why can I not find this rating? For what? Oh, R-rated. Joyride is? Yeah. Did Jennifer Lawrence's best-rated R-rated comedy of the last however many years instantly get toppled? That would be wonderful. Do we have an opening coming up? 
Oh, we got Mission Impossible. No, next we week. don't. You're not going to want to miss that. No, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Tom Cruise driving a motorcycle off a cliff. Um, hand up, I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible franchises, and it's almost like I know I would love them so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like I, Tom Cruise? Yeah, I, I love Tom Cruise. It's wonderful. So Joyride is showing at Civic Plaza over the weekend next Tuesday as well. Um, well, actually, Civic Plaza doesn't have their show times for next Tuesday yet. We'll just we'll do Joyride. Let's are you sure? Let's do Joyride. Maybe it's better than Jennifer Lawrence one. Um, we're gonna discuss if it's better than the movie we haven't seen. Okay, sounds good. Also, before we end the pod, I do want to say uh, that I went and saw an extra movie this past week that was not on our schedule. That was Mr. Wes Anderson's film, um, Asteroid City. Asteroid City. Um, quick scale. Hated it. Love that. Um, it was one of those movies where the director had like a deeper meaning or what was like too enamored in his own style. And it just doesn't make sense watching it. Mm-hmm. Like me and Riley were talking about, she's like, I think it would have been better if they removed this part of the movie. I'm like, well, I think that was kind of like his whole point. Like she's like, it didn't make sense. I was like, exactly. Like that was his whole point, but it didn't make sense. So I'm sure it's a good movie. If you could like sit down with Wes Anderson and talk to him for 30 minutes and the he could director's explain. Cut. Yeah. And he could explain what everything means. Mm-hmm. But as just a watch, it's like, what the fuck is going on? That being said, the acting performances were phenomenal. The main guy in this was really good. Scarlett Johansson was really good. Uh, she did get nude in this very briefly. Um, wow. Thought you'd appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'm No bullshit. Last week, Victoria was like, who was like one of the hottest like girls like growing up? And I was like, Scarlett Johansson, Iron Man 2? <laughs> Give me a fucking break. <laughs> so um, maybe wait for the director's cut to go see this because – as a movie in the theater, I was just like, what are we, what am I watching? I, I, I'll be honest. I feel like that's a movie me and you would disagree on a lot because I feel like I would fucking love Wes Anderson movies. It w- we would disagree if you went and read someone's take on it and then you just parroted it and pretended it was your own. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just I, – look, man. The way I'm viewing it is it's like a, like a Babylon. I fucking loved Babylon. You didn't like Babylon. I like when a director makes his kind of movie. And maybe if it's not my thing, but I still will appreciate the fuck out of it. But it just doesn't like make sense. like our scores would be very, very different. It doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I there's like it. no climax. There's no confrontation. It's just kind of like, it reminds me not as bad of Triangle of Sadness, where there's supposed to be like this social commentary. I think the commentary in this is supposed to be like, you're not in control of your own life kind of deal. Something like that, maybe. But it's still like very like, it's like... I don't know. Maybe the director's cut would make it better. Hmm. Don't go watch it in theaters, Ty. Wait for it's on streaming, and then you could update me. But then again, I've given you homework twice before. Neither Edge of, of tomorrow. which you've seen. Edge of Tomorrow is on my list. And there was another one, which I forgot. Was Edge of Tomorrow? You gave me Rat Race. I watched Rat Race No, like there was two ago. recently. It was Edge of Tomorrow or something else. I don't remember what the other one was. I No, fuck you. I gave you homework to go watch About Time. You did, and I watched it. Did you? No. Uh, I can tell. Like there hasn't been the trauma. I would see the trauma on your face after watching that movie. Edge of tomorrow. Go watch it, everyone. <laughs> Joyride. Go watch Joyride. That's yes, what we're reviewing. Go next watch week. Joyride. It uh, looks like it's going to be really good. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. And then we just we're going to keep rattling off some fucking big movies after that. It's just nonstop for a minute. Yeah. Can you actually before we watch Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning? Can you watch the Edge of Tomorrow? I will Please. try. It's on Voodoo. I will try. It's so good. I've heard it's you great. You love Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. But same thing. I haven't watched any of the Mission Impossibles, and I love Tom Cruise. That's him just doing a bunch of random practical shit hanging out the side of planes. You know what? We're a little behind the scenes here. Fourth wall break, and we're hanging out later today. We're recording on 4th of July. Yeah. I might just turn Edge of Tomorrow on near you and Let's just hope to hook you in. I'll do a dad thing where I'm sitting at the grill, and I just like turn over, and I'm just standing there watching it without actually committing. <laughs> But that's the thing. I want you to commit, though, so I don't. But you know I will, though. That's the thing. It's like I'll stand there and pretend I'm not, but I'll be locked in for the entirety of the film. It's so good. So good. <sighs> I want to watch it. Please do. Also watch Joyride, everyone. Go watch Joyride. It was a lot of fun. Happy 4th of July, even though it's now the 5th of July, but happy 4th of July when we recorded this. Uh, in the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.